Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And today we have a very, very special treat for you because We planned this one out as a two-part episode, and we are delivering with an interview with our favorite guest and your favorite guest, Raj from Altitude Sports Radio, joining us once again for the third time this season. God bless his soul for putting up with us for three separate times this season. And then we've got part two of this show where we will talk about the avalanche I, is there what's the verb I can even use to properly describe what they just did to the Los Angeles Kings? Shit pumped. Is that is that a word? I mean, it's going to be now. Okay. Because okay. the Avalanche beat the Kings <clears throat> nine to three with a Nathan McKinnon hat trick, and we'll save all that. Yeah. Save, it, save it. Save it. Uh, Let's let them listen to Raj. Get a little warm up going here. Get the juices flowing. Um, and just going to warn you, Raj, uh, said some things about Kale McCarr and Roman Yossi, and they actually came to fruition in this game. And it's really fucking funny when you listen to it back. Uh, so make sure you listen to it. It's a good one. And then Griffin, and I'll be on the other side to recap the shit pumping that just happened. Yeah. I, we did not expect this out of no. the Kings game, but regardless, the interview with Raj, fantastic as always. He's just, he's so smart. Like after talking that you'll even hear at the end of the interview is like, I learned something every time I talk to him, but we did record it before the Kings game. So there's going to be a little bits and pieces that are out of date. I don't think it matters. It was a great interview. So hope you guys enjoy our talk with Raj and we will talk to you in just a little bit with our very fresh reaction of the Kings game that just ended. So see you guys in just a second. 
All right. And we are joined once again by everybody's favorite guest, Alex Rajaniemi, Raj from Altitude Sports. My friend, thank you so much for joining us once again. I know I speak for Christian as well, and we really do appreciate you coming back on with us to enlighten us as you always have. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to come back on. We got a little playoff preview and trade deadline review and all that stuff. So uh, thanks for having me on, guys. And It's always fun being on with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on. So why don't we just hop right into it here? The first thing at the the front of my mind, the thing that's been bothering me the most, as Christian knows, for the last couple of weeks, but has <laughs> really start really started to hit a peak the last couple of days, is the the Norris Trophy, and how Roman Yossi over the last month has all of a sudden taken over all the talks. As I saw from Craig Button yesterday night, standing alone as the best defenseman in the NHL. So I'm I'm fascinated to know your stance on this, where do you stand on Kale McCarr versus Roman Yossi? And do you think it's close at all? Do you think it's a debate? Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, obviously covering the abs that it, it it's, it's a debate. I mean, Roman Yossi has a chance to put up a hundred points as a defenseman. And uh, those are bonkers numbers, like absolutely crazy. And as hot as Kale was to start the year in terms of goal scoring, I wouldn't say that he's cooled off tremendously, but he definitely hasn't been on the tepid pace that he was at the beginning of the year. Yossi's got 11 games remaining. He needs 13 points to eclipse 100. And his points per game is like 1.25 or something like that. He's got a legit chance of doing it. Um, I've loved what Kale McCarr has done. He scored 25 goals. For me, it's if it comes down to a statistical race, it's going to be, does Yossi hit a hundred or does Kale hit 30? And if either one does one without the other accomplishing their own feet, I think that's what, what locks up the Norris. A lot of people hate that, right? Cause the Norris trophy is about defenseman. It should be about the best overall player. Rome Yossi is a damn good overall player. And the one thing that Kale has working against him is that he has the supporting cast and Roman Yossi doesn't. Does he have a resurgent year from Matt Duchesne? Sure. But he doesn't have Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog and Nazem Kadri putting up a career year in a contract season. Uh, he doesn't have Miko Rantanen putting up 30 power play goals in the season yet again. Uh, he doesn't have the number one goaltender in the league, although UC Soros has been excellent this year. Um it, it's tough. I, I really think it's going to be a race to those two stats. If Kale gets 30 and Yossi ends up at like 95 points and Kale like squeezes up into the 85 to 90 point range, I think he gets it done. He's the better defenseman overall. He's younger. He's going to win more Norris trophies over the course of his career. But the round century mark is way too sexy for voters to look off. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I hate to agree with you because it just seemed like Kale had it locked up for so long. Yeah. And now Roman Yossi had a historic march, and it's just it's the way it is. But uh, I, I hate to agree with you, but Griffin and I have already been preparing ourselves for the uh, inevitable. Oh, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, it's a, it's exactly what Raj said. If Roman Yossi hits a hundred, it really doesn't matter how good Kale is in every other category. A defenseman hitting 100 points, you're going to win the Norris. And even if Kale hits 30 as well, 100 points is just something that hasn't been done in such a long time. So I agree. He can, he can close the gap. Like, he, yeah. he's right there, right? He's So he's like 10 points, maybe. I bet you he's eight points behind him going in. I don't have the stat in front of me right now. I think it's eight points I can behind Yossi right now heading into tonight's games. 
he can close the gap. Can he overtake him in terms of points? Probably not. It would take like multiple three or four point nights. And that's just probably not going to happen over the last 10, especially um, with Bednar hoping to get guys some, uh, some time off or at least some, some lower minutes in these games that won't necessarily mean much to the abs. He's got a shot again. I think if he hits 30 and he closes that gap to where he like finishes between 85 and 90, he's got a legit shot at holding on to this thing. He has the wow factor that Yossi doesn't. Um, I think, I think he can do it, but if Yossi continues to score at the pace that he did in February in March, it's not happening. Yeah, it's not yeah, happening. Agreed. And uh, just for context, Kale McCarr is 10 points behind Roman Yossi. Kale has played three less games. Uh-huh. Yeah, 80, I don't 80, know, boys. I don't know. Versus, if, yeah, if he can get hot, we've seen Kale do it, but I, I don't know. I, your, Roman Yossi's just on an unreal tear right now, and I just don't think it ends for him. Um, I think we're going to just look back on these previous two seasons and wonder how did Kill McCarr finish second behind Adam Fox and Roman Yossi both those years? Like, yeah, back to back years. Yeah, right? like back you'll look back, back at it and be like, what What the hell happened those years? So yes, I mean you haven't had you haven't had a hundred point season by a defenseman since the early nineties. Uh, Brian Leach with one hundred and two in 1992 with the Rangers and you haven't had a 30 goal season in the league since Mike Green had 31 in 2008, 2009, you have to go all the way back uh, to the seventies and eighties with guys like Dennis Potman and Ray Bork for 30 goal seasons. So you're talking about all time years that haven't happened in in quite a long time. Um, If he doesn't win it, I I completely agree. You're going to look back at this and go, like, especially at the end of his career. So if we go all the way, you know, if we go to like 20, let's call it 2035 and Kale is, is ready to retire um, with a couple of cups and, and five Norwich trophies, you're going to look back and go, how the hell didn't he have seven or eight of these things? Like, it's going to be for me, it's, it's like Albert Pujols um, and his MVPs. You have to look back at all these and you go, how didn't he win more of these things? Look at these years. Then you realize, oh, it was against Barry Bonds and he missed out on four of those things. Um, Kale might have the same situation. I just hope not. Yeah, I agree. Um, my next thing I wanted to talk on, cause last time we, we were on here, uh, Darcy Kemper was struggling since then he has become one of the top five goaltenders in the league. Um, I'm interested to see, do you think that he can continue this play in the playoffs or do you think he's bound to cool off? Um, I think he can. Uh, he's legit, and he's showing up in in situations over the last five games where the abs are giving up way too much. Like, these are Semyon Varlamov 2014 type of stats. Like, just nutso shots right. on goal. That should not be happening. Um, you know, you're seeing 40-plus, 40 45-plus, nearly 50 uh, in a game over the last two weeks. It's not what Bednar wants. It's because he's tinkering with defensive pairings and lines. You don't have everyone back, and um, I guess I can understand it, but he is flourishing in that situation, which we saw him do uh, when he was playing for Phoenix or Arizona, rather, um, a, a couple of seasons ago, and certainly against the Abs in in the bubble. If he stays healthy, he can do it. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's the only player not named McKinnon or McCarr that I believe can win a Conn Smythe Trophy for the Abs. I don't know if there's anyone else that can jump up and steal it. Like maybe if if Gabe and Miko go off in the goal scoring department, they could jump up and, and, and snag it from one of those two guys, but they all mesh in too much on points. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, 
Kemper is the guy that if he plays like he has since since February 1st of this year, he he can steal you games and steal you series if you're not up to the task. 100%. And it's been it's been real fun. Me and Griffin have been saying it for a while just with the people saying Marc-Andre Fleury, how they've gotten real quiet in these past two months. Uh, it's almost like Joe Sackick knew what he was doing. So uh, I, I'm yeah, excited yeah. to he- see if he can continue this going forward. I mean, he's got the, he's got the lowest goals against average and the lowest save per- or the highest save percentage in the league since the 1st of February. And that's 20 games played. There's been a bunch of other guys who played more, you know, Marchers played nearly 30 games in that time frame, but uh, a 940 save percentage and a, a nearly 200 goals against average in 20 games played where he's gone 13, four and zero um, or sorry, 13, four and two uh, with four shutouts, which also leads the league in that time frame. It's he's been the best. It's not, he's been one of the best. He's been the best. And when you have the best goalie at a certain point in time, you're going to be really tough to beat because the, the ads were the, the favorites, even when Darcy was struggling and people were calling for his head. Um, they're still the favorites. And now Darcy Kemper is playing like he's the best goalie in the world. Do, do you think he has any chance to win the Vesna? No, no shot. I agree. I, we it's, want him to, we no want shot. him to, but Shesterkin has been unreal all year. It's, it's yeah, it's Igor Shesterkin and, and and nobody else. That, that's it. The Rangers are are like one of my teams of the 2020s. I I think I said it a while ago. If the Avs and the Rangers don't combine for like four plus cups in this decade, I would be disappointed. Um, I also said that a couple of years ago, before Capo Caco and uh, Alexi Lafreniere were were underperforming there. Although the defensive core for the Rangers has been really good, the top line has certainly been awesome. And now you have one of the, the best young goalies uh, on the planet, like Russia for, I don't know if they're ever going to be able to play as team Russia, like in my lifetime, because hi Tito, what's up buddy. <laughs> um, if you guys are just listening to it and not watching, uh, not watching the podcast, my dog just come out and, or he came out and wanted to talk some abs hockey with yeah, us. There we go. Um, I'd love to get hit some of his opinions on here too. He looks, I, I know. Right. Yeah. He's, he's a good little guy. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if Team Russia is ever going to constitute itself again, but the amount of goaltending depth that they have there is crazy. Like you have uh, who would have started Andre in Vasilevsky. the Olympics? Who would have started Game One of the Olympics for that? Vasilevsky? Vasilevsky it, it has to be Game One, and game and your backup is Shesterkin, and then your third string is Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> That's so absurd. Nuts. And, and there's That's guys absurd. who you leave off that. There's guys that you leave off that team that uh, you'd be you'd be shocked that like you would think that Semyon Varlamov is a guy who would always be on um, a, a team Russian. He just simply wouldn't make that team. So um, that's a long way for me to say that he, I, I know I said like Darcy's playing like the best goalie in the world right now, the best goalie in the world right now, today, April 13th uh, is Igor Shesterk and he's winning the Vesna and it's going to be a runaway. Agreed. Yep. I completely agree with that too. And just continuing on the abs right now, we're in a, circumstance with the abs where they don't officially have everything locked up but they they kind of do at this point they're playing for nothing and yet as it sits right now we should mention we are recording this before the kings games by the time this one comes out we'll have this win streak either seven or over but right now the avalanche playing for nothing 
on a six game winning streak. And for the most part have still been recovering from a lot of injuries, even as they've gotten guys back. What's impressed you the most with this streak with the abs as they've been battling injuries and overcoming some adversity in a time where they really shouldn't even have anything to play for. Uh, that they can still win when they play like complete crap for half the game. Um, that they can still win in multiple different ways. You can win by shutting a team down defensively. Uh, you can win by having your goaltender stand on his head and you can outscore opponents. Uh, the fact that they've been able to rattle off all these wins when they have been dog tired and, and Jared Bednar joined our morning show on altitude. He does it every day on, uh, on Wednesdays at 8 a.m. on 92.5. He was, say, he was saying, we just didn't have the legs. Like we haven't had legs for two weeks and we needed these three, four days off, which they had prior to this Kings game tonight. Um, not having those horses in your lineup, guys that eat up 20 minutes a night on the forward side in Kadri and Landis God hurts a whole bunch. Uh, and then throw in the the very real like human element of chemistry and learning how to play with new guys is uh, that takes that takes a long time to start to like gel and mesh and know where guys are in the defensive zone and trust that they know where they are um, on the ice. The fact that they're still able to win games while going through all those growing pains is terrifying because um, yeah. they're like. It's funny, like I'm waiting for the abs to hit their stride and they're nine and one in their last 10 games. Like they just can't lose. It, it, it's a lot like Florida to me, like Florida's porous defensively, almost as bad as the abs have been over the last two weeks. But Florida can't find a way to lose. They've won three of their last four games by coming from behind by three goals or more. Um, that's what it feels like the abs are doing. Like the abs in the Winnipeg game got out to a, like a really slow start and then they potted four goals and then you thought the game was over. and I'm not going to be the fan or the, or the media member. That's like, you have to step on their throat every single like game 67. Like you have to go balls to the wall. Fuck off. Like that's, that's not it at all. Um, if you're up four, two against Winnipeg and you decide to take your foot off the gas pedal for 20 minutes and they happen to tie the game way she goes, like it's all right. Um, and they still found a way to win that game. And then you go and play an Edmonton team that can score with the best of them. And you play this like one, one hockey game which was super entertaining um, yes. for a one, one game between the abs and in the Oilers, which was like an over under of six and a half or seven, depending on what sports book you got it at. Um, you have to go on a four on three in overtime against a power play unit of Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl and Tyson Berry, or you'd switch out Barry and you throw in a third forward of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And you're looking at guys who have combined for over 275 points in a single season. And that's nuts, like crazy that you found a way to not only kill off that penalty, but win in the shootout. Um, guys, they're, they're a, they're a wagon. They're a wagon. They impress me every night. And I, I hate to say like, I know I sound like, like such a Homer cause I do that show, but um you should be excited. Like you should be fawning over this team. That's, that's what people did in the, in the late nineties and early two thousands. Like you fawned over hall of famers, like have the wherewithal and have the mindset to know that you're in another window like that. And just, just be excited. Like if they happen to fall tonight against LA or if they like lay an egg against the, the devils and find a way to lose, it's all right. Cause it really doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, that's what we've been joking about on the podcast is, these last two and a half weeks, we've had nothing to talk because in all essence, these games don't matter. The only thing that matters now is getting everyone healthy and getting to the playoffs. Like yeah. that's really, really all that matters. And the excitement for abs fans right now 
is watching these other teams about who we could potentially play in the first round. And I just, it's, we're in a spot right now where it's just awesome to know every night that they're going to find a way to win. Um, I wanted to transition to the next point we wanted to talk about now that everyone's slowly get help starting to get healthy defensively, there's going to be a couple odd man out. We're talking about the abs when healthy could have eight NHL defensemen. You can only play six. Who do you think are the odd guys out right now defensively? If everyone's healthy, if everyone's healthy, McDermott, obviously, sadly, Mur- obviously. McDermott Murray. Cause I don't know what he's going to do when he's healthy. He was playing really good hockey before he went out with that block shot injury in the upper body. Um, I saw him skating the other day. He's skating. Well, he still looks like he's super ginger in terms of handling pucks and shooting pucks. Um, but so was Nazem Kadri like four or five days ago and, He's going to be ready to return to the lineup within two weeks. Um, Murray, McDermott, and then you're going to have to choose between Jack or Eric Johnson as to who plays with with Bowen Byram on that third pairing. And if you get good Eric Johnson, it's EJ all the way. If you get bad Eric Johnson, it has to be Jack, and who's had a resurgent year, like coming off of a of a veteran PTO and finding a way to play nearly every game this season with the abs. He's been great. Like he, has he been Columbus Jack Johnson? No, but maybe like latter half of the Kings, you could say, or I I've enjoyed watching him play. I think he brings a really good penalty killing presence. Um, it's going to be tough, but Bednar is going to have the luxury. If you have all eight of those guys healthy, to kind of pick and play depending on what the situation is in the series, depending on how the series has changed in terms of physicality or speed or scoring or uh, penalties drawn, he's going to be able to kind of pick and place. It also brings up the, uh, the question, do you play seven defensemen? And if you do that, who sits out on the forward side? Like you're then going to have to figure out who gets scratched between Nicholas Obey, Kubel, Andre or Andrew Cogliano, Darren Helm, uh, and Nico Sturm, because obviously two of those guys are going out in the lineup when you get Landis Cog and Kadri back. And then if you add a seventh defenseman, you're only playing 11 forward. So you could have three legitimate bottom six players healthy scratched in the playoffs. Crazy. Also, this is why both of you are the best, because Christian and I, we did not share questions before we started here. Both <laughs> of you just knocked off two of my questions right there. Because nice. I, had, I, had, I, I wrote down for, for Raj... What do you, who do you think the odd man is going to be on offense? And Christian asked for defense, and Raj just reads my mind and goes through the offense anyway. So I don't even need to if, ask that one anymore. If I have to choose one player from each side, um, and it's going to be more than that, so I'll give you one on each side right now. It's Curtis McDermott, who, great addition. You're not going to play a lot of minutes in in the postseason, and I, I just don't trust his skating. Um, I, think he's, I think he's brought a physicality factor to this team that other guys have fed off of. Um, I don't need him out there being an enforcer. And honestly, like he hasn't been the protector that everyone has kind of put brought him up to be. Um, what he has done is he has changed the mindset of this team as like anyone can fight at any given time. We we heard the you know the fiasco around Denver sports about Nathan McKinnon fighting and then possibly hurting himself. And that's another one where I'll tell everyone, you know, double birds, like let <laughs> Nate Mack do whatever the hell that he wants. Um he's changed the mindset of the team. So like, good on you. You've done your job. If we want to slot you in here and there, we will, but McDermott's out on the defensive side. 
And for me, it's probably Nicholas Obey Kubel on the forward side. That sucks because Obey Kubel scored in two of the past three games. I know. And I've liked what he's done. Like that's another crazy pickup. Like you have a PTO and you have a waiver wire midseason pickup that have turned into legitimate or uh, contributors on this team. Um, Obey Kubel takes too many penalties far away from his net for me um, in the postseason. He doesn't have the added value of winning faceoffs like Sturm does. So I can't take 78 out. Uh, Logan O'Connor is too effective in a fourth line role. I don't want him playing third line. Give me 10 minutes of Logan O'Connor every night and that's it. Um, And then Andrew Cogliano is that guy's awesome. Like old guy without a cup kills penalties like crazy. Um, I can't take him out either. I can't take him out. And Darren Helms all of a sudden figured out how to play hockey these past couple of weeks too. Um, It's crazy how this team has gone from, Oh shit. This bottom six could be the reason we lose to, Oh shit. Who do we scratch now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it might, is have, it might have to be two separate guys once we get. Yeah. Knock on wood well. at one point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, considering all of this so far, because I know you're on a bit of a tight schedule, so we want to make sure we can get you out of here on time. So, considering everything we've seen so far from the Avs and how they're really not playing for anything right now, the only interesting thing really happening around this team that we don't have an answer about has nothing to do with them. And that's the playoff race happening for the second wild card. So, I'm curious who you believe the best possible first round matchup for the abs is for, for whatever reason, whether it's the easiest or the most beneficial to a long-term playoff run. Uh, as of right now, like if the playoffs started tomorrow, they'd face off against Dallas. Um, the guys or the, the teams who are also in the hunt right there, uh, Vancouver's out there toast Vegas after losing last night is in dire straits. Um, I don't, I don't know if Vegas makes it, guys. They don't have enough games in hand. Uh, they're certainly tra- what they're trailing uh, Dallas by three points. They're trailing Los Angeles by three points. They're trailing Dallas by four, or sorry, Nashville by four. Um, I don't want to see Nashville in the first round because I don't want to see UC Soros. Um, that's the only way that an eight-seeded team can scare the living crap out of me. Give me Jake Ottinger all day long. Um, you're not going to run into another Anton Hudobin situation because you you should be healthy. And as great as Anton Hudobin played in that that seven-game series in the bubble, uh, the Abs were injured as hell, and that's part of the reason why they went out. And then you throw in Joel Kiviranta having a, a, a legendary first game in the league and. That's the recipe for an upset. Um, Dallas doesn't have it this year. They don't have the scoring. Um, their defensemen have taken a step back. Like I haven't liked Miro Haskin, and although he's been injured on and off all season, uh, John Klingberg has taken a step back. I think he's gotten slower. Um, I, I haven't been super impressed with with that team as a whole. And if you don't have Alexander Adalov and Tyler Sagan scoring at a, at a super hot pace on that Dallas team, they're simply not going to beat you. Um, Rupe Hintz is always going to screw the abs at some point. So like maybe that would suck facing Dallas, but um, one guy's not going to beat you um, at least as a skater, a goaltender could, and Yossi Saros can't like, that's a, that's a legit Vesna contender this season. So um, give me Dallas in the first round, give me Vegas, even in the first round, they're floundering. Their goaltending hasn't been great. Um, who knows what Mark Stone's going to be when he comes back from his injury as they have cleared the cap space. They put Will Carrier and who else they put on there? Nolan Patrick. 
Yeah. Nolan Patrick on LTIR. So they, they and, cleared uh, up. Brassois. The goalie. The backup. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, what happens if, if Leonard goes down with an injury? Like, you're screwed. Um, Logan Thompson, baby. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, like, Brassois and Thompson throwing up good games against the Abs. Yeah. But it seems like, like you can throw up one good game. You're not going to throw up four, five, six, seven. Um, Vegas or Dallas is fine. I would lean towards Dallas and just forget about the, the Vegas situation. Yeah. For the first I, round matchup. First round. I, I think that's Dallas seems like the all likelihood opponent. Um, Griffin and I were joking that Nashville would be fun. So Kale McCarr could dunk all over Roman Yossi the entire series. Um, but I agree. UC Soros scares the hell out of me. He almost stole it for them last year against the Hurricanes. So that one scares the hell out of me. Um, I'm going to transition to our last question. We'll get you out of here. Who is the biggest threat for the avalanche in the Western conference? Because in Griffin and I's opinion, this will be one of the few years that the West is as easy as it can possibly be to get to a Stanley cup final. Who do you think the biggest obstacle is for the avalanche? I want to say many, um, agreed. They made they made the biggest swing at the trade deadline. You bring in a Hall of Fame level goaltender in Mark Andre Fleury, who has lived up to the billing since the trade deadline. He's been excellent. Um, they are an extremely tough out at home. They got even uh, meaner and nastier with the addition of Delorier from uh, from Anaheim. I think Ryan Hartman is a beautiful playoff hockey player. I love that guy's edge. Um, Minnesota scares the crap out of me and it sucks because guess what? That's going to be a second round matchup if it happens. Um, The good news is St. Louis and Minnesota might beat the living hell out of each other in round one. And that's what you're hoping for a six or a seven game series. Um, You're hoping for like a five game series with the abs. You know, I don't think you want to sweep and then have to wait for a seven game series between St. Louis and Minnesota. Yeah. We tried last year. Yeah. 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 You can, you can get flat. You can get flat. Rust can accumulate. And if you come off of an emotional series as either, t- as either Minnesota or, or St. Louis uh, against a flat footed abs team, you can change a series in two games uh, here in Denver. They're obviously going to have home ice advantage throughout the entire Western conference playoffs, unless they find a way to lose their next 10 games, but that's just not going to happen. Um, many scares me. Calgary scares me because of Jacob Markstrom, um, but I, it, they don't. Again, Markstrom's been great, right? He's he's leading the league in shutouts this year, but he's not Mark Andre Fleury. Um, that's just the that's just the the, the truth of the matter. Um, in the East, I want to say Florida, but they give up so many damn goals, they might not even make it. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, think I don't Florida think could lose in the Florida. first round. I don't think we're seeing Florida in the Stanley cup final granted. If the abs get there, don't want to start sounding too cocky. Just I think yet. they, if they're going to see Washington, I think they wax Washington. Interesting. Oh, Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> He's from I, DC. No, no, Raj. I, He's I, from DC. I, I think, I think it's like a four or five game series against Washington. <laughs> I hate to say it. Right. Florida's so freaking good guys. And they can like, what does Washington do? Well, they score. And what does Florida do better than anyone in the league? They score. So if you're if you're looking at the scales there, it's it's a tough one to to That's balance. Fair. It, it, even I have to admit, my biggest problem with Florida is probably Bobrovsky. I'd have them seventh in goaltending in the East. Eighth is Washington. So yeah. I I agree with you there. Maybe the Caps sneak up into top three the way they're playing lately. But regardless, I mean, 
in the East, Florida, I think they can beat definitely Washington, but anyone else I think gives them a lot of trouble. Tampa's been struggling. Carolina's been up and down lately. The, like, I, everything is just so wide open at the moment that this, this has to be it for the abs. Like that, it's what me and Christian have been saying for, for weeks now at this point. We are thinking three weeks we'll probably be into game two of the playoffs at this point. Like this has got to be it. Maybe you can get LA in, in the first round. Like maybe again, if, if you win tonight, that goes a long way into pushing them into the eight seed that, that six, seven, eight, nine uh, clump of teams in the West is super, super tight. And it's not going to be decided until the final week of April. Just that's the way that it's going to go down looking at games uh, remaining and in, in where teams are standing right now. If LA falls into that eight seed, I'd take LA any day of the week over Dallas or Vegas. Um, just because like Dallas feels feels like a team that can give you like a couple of games that piss you off, and it turns into a six game series before you know it. LA, not so much. Yes, yeah, especially LA. without Doughty. That, yeah, that just that I think that just kind of turns into a slaughter. And I totally agree with Dallas also for the reason that we lost to them. And this team is definitely going to get up for a playoff series against Dallas to to at least exercise that demon. And Dallas always plays us tough. They're going to keep us honest, even if we smoke them in four or five straight games. Those are all going to be tough games. So I'm, I'm totally on board with you with that. Yeah, 2-1 season series so far in favor of Dallas. They've got a 4-1 win. Um, Avs have a, a big one in there as well. What do they have? They've, uh... Yeah, they had the 4 nothing <laughs> shutout in Dallas. Yeah. Then the two days later, they came to us. Ottinger had that, like, 40-plus save performance where we – Yeah, dominated. there are a couple empty netters. Yeah, yeah they yeah, dominated yeah. the game. Or the, the Avs dominated that game, but Ottinger had the best performance of his career. So I'm Yeah, not, and, and again, not... Ottinger can do that for, like, a game or two. I just don't think that – that Dallas can sustain it for seven. So first round shouldn't scare you. Second round certainly should with all the demons that, that the abs have and all those skeletons in the closet to, to use another cliche, but um, you just better hope that Minnie and, and St. Louis beat the living crap out of each other. And, uh, and you can find a way to get out of the second round. Cause that, that's probably going to be the best series in the West is second round central matchup. That's, that's going to be your fun one. Maybe Calgary and, and Edmonton get together, and it's a high-scoring, high-flying affair, but the best series of the Western Conference playoffs will be round two. Oh, man. Can you imagine a second round in the West of Colorado, Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton? Oh, my. I mean, it's, it's what the NHL wants to happen with the playoff format. I, I hate the playoff format. I really Reed. do. I wish it just went back to 1-8, one, 2-7, one, so on and so forth, but – uh, if that's the way that it comes out, right? Like you're creating your interdivisional rivalries and you're stoking those fires. Cause that's where rivalries are born. That's where the, the Detroit and Colorado rival rivalry was born. Um, they certainly want that to happen between Colorado and Vegas and Colorado in, in Minnesota. Um, I Edmonton and, and Calgary would be wild. You know how much those two teams absolutely hate each other's guts. Um, so for a seven game battle of Alberta and then a seven game uh, central division matchup between Minnesota and Colorado would be exact like Bettman in the NHL would come back to everyone like me who says that I hate the playoff matchup and just be like, told you wrong. Yeah, <laughs> told like, you. look what we gave you. So we gave you pure, pure media, pure yeah. media love. So yeah. 
But awesome. Raj, we know you got to run, man. You want to plug anything real quick before you go? Floor's all yours. Yeah, I uh, appreciate you guys having me on as always. And um, yeah, tune in Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 after every single abs game. Myself, Mark Springer, uh, will take you guys through what happened that night. Uh, we go through the entire NHL scoreboard, like talking about um, pretty much every game on the docket there. We spend uh, a full segment going through those scores and what happened in those games. We give you guys betting lines as well. We play this little thing called Bet the Pipes. And um, spring typically stays in the NHL, but I'll go out the next morning. Cause I, I hate, I hate the monotonous workday. Right. So yep. I, I give, I, I give betting lines out in Finland and Germany and, and Sweden uh, and give you guys something to look forward to at like 8 AM and 10 AM uh, before the NHL slate uh, comes to pass around, you know, five mountain time. So um, yeah, I, as always hop on there, 92, five after all the games. And um, I'm excited to go on a, a, on a playoff run here. So Hopefully two months from now to the day when we're talking about this in uh, was that early June, the abs have already gotten through the Western conference final and we're, we're looking at a, a Stanley cup matchup. Fingers yep. crossed, man. Absolutely, man. But Raj, thanks. Thanks again so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And I, I don't know about you, Chris, I just feel smarter. Every time we talk to Raj, every, every single time I just go like, wow, I learned a lot from this. That's the first I, time someone's ever said that. So I appreciate okay. it. <laughs> so it's it's three times now it's not a fluke this time i've yeah. had i've had some viewers say that these segments with you have been some of their favorites so again we really appreciate you coming on with us and uh like you said hope we're talking about a stanley cup in a couple months hope we can see you soon see you fellas hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings sportsbook hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's right. All you got to do is bet on the Avalanche to win their next game, and you are essentially getting $150 for free. And yes, it really is that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for some cold, hard cash because new customers can make their first deposit and play for free with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up the points for goals, assists, saves, and more. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want with no strings attached. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. All right, that was our talk with Alex Raj Rajaniyemi of Altitude Sports Radio. Just another fantastic interview with him. I absolutely love whenever we can get him on. And, man, I mean, what was your favorite part of that one, Christian, from, from Raj? The fact that he has agreed to come on the show three times and not wanted to kill us. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, my favorite part was him just talking about uh, – talking about how the Avs really don't have much competition in the West and outside of Minnesota, this should be a pretty, pretty easy run to the Stanley cup. 
finals. And that kind of reassured me that me and you aren't crazy for thinking that uh, it's really Stanley Cup or bust for this team. Yeah, pretty much. Like my favorite part when he was talking about like, this is like a once in a lifetime kind of team that you don't get to experience very often. And even if they don't go all the way, as we just saw with the Kings game, we will talk about in just a moment, this stuff doesn't come around all that often. So we should just enjoy it while it's here. And I'm glad that at least someone else shares that with us, that we're not nuts. Yeah, we're not nuts. And it it kind of, when he said like, it's a lot like the nineties and early two thousands team where you're watching a bunch of hall of famers. It's kind of crazy to think about that, but Kale McCarr is on a hall of fame trajectory. Nathan McKinnon's on a hall of fame trajectory. Gabriel Landeskog, you can make an argue is on a hall of fame trajectory. Miko Rantanen, if he continues to play the way this is on a hall of fame trajectory, like you don't think about it that way when you're in the moment, but when you kind of step back and look at it, you're like, okay, yeah. Um, th- this could be a lot like this late nineties, early two thousands abs. And in 20 years, we're talking about the fact that we were able to watch four or five Hall of Famers at once again, again, (laughs) again, (laughs) there are some teams that have four Hall of Famers just period over the course of like 50 years. And we're just so lucky as a fan base. But talking about the Kings game now, because my God, my God, what is is this allowed? Like, are we okay? Is this okay? Can we do this? Raj just messaged me saying four point night certainly helps in catching Yossi. LOL. (laughs) I fucking love that guy. I love that guy. (laughs) Could not be timed any better. Oh, could not be timed any better. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This was a a shit pumping uh, from puck drop. I mean, the first period alone, you could have called the game after the first period. Like the, the, if the Kings had the option to throw in the white towel, they, they probably would have because uh, the abs came out after three days off and uh, beat the shit out of the Kings. I felt bad, honestly, after, after that fourth goal went in, like, I'm not kidding. I felt bad. I was like, do we have to play the final 40 minutes of this game? Like this, this feels mean, right? This feels a little mean. We're so far ahead of everybody here. The poor Kings are fighting for their playoff lives, and they come into this building on the second half of a back-to-back, playing an Avs team that's had three days off, and Jonathan Quick could not stop a beach ball in this no. game. Albe Bell gets the Avs on the board less than three minutes in. 40 seconds later, Val Nachushkin makes it 2 to nothing. his 20th of the season. Nathan McKinnon halfway through the period scores a power play goal for his 27th and 40 seconds after that, I'll make you bell with his second of the period to make it four to nothing just past the halfway point of the first. Like this is a little mean, a little mean. I don't think the Kings had the puck in the abs offensive zone for a good nine, 10 minutes in that first period. No, I, if they did, I certainly can't remember it. I mean, this was not even close at no. all. Wasn't even close. Um, Obey Cubell. I know Raj just said he, he agrees with us that he's probably the odd man out. That's what four goals in the past four games for him. Yeah, like what? <laughs> or the, three out of four. Like it, it's like what do you do if you're Bednar? The guy just keeps going you, ever you since the Pittsburgh game. Like what do you? You're, you're just gonna scratch him? Like I don't. I just this team confuses the hell out of me, and I love it. I mean. And we should mention this too. This win sets the franchise record for wins in a season as well. Because of nine games left. With nine games left. 
and you win nine to three, just as normal teams do, I guess, in a, in a time where you have nothing to play for. I, I feel like I reiterate this at least every 10 minutes, every episode. They have nothing to play for. There's no reason to even be doing this. They're just doing it literally for fun because they can. Yeah, they, they like you said, they have nothing to play for. I mean, I'm interested to see, because the only thing you can make an argument that they're still playing for is to clinch the central. That could be done by the end of this week. Yeah, like they could have now the, now the, the magic number is two games with this yeah. one. We'll have so, it done. What what do we what do we have to play for except pride and honor and just beating the shit out of teams? Like I I just I, I don't know how they keep getting up for these games, but kudos to them because even as a fan, I I, I scheduled a toe procedure today because I didn't want to go to the game. And that's me who watches every game and goes to a majority of games. Like I wasn't even up for this game <laughs> and they come out and just dominate that first period for nothing. Like it's, it makes no sense, dude. It makes no sense. No, it really does. Like I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain for like an analysis of this team that I haven't had already for the past five episodes. I gotta be real. I'm, I'm drawing some blanks right now. Maybe it has to do with the fact that it's, 12 30 in the morning for me and it's past midnight already but I, do, I don't know what else to say about these guys i get like i guess we can say like oh the the first half of the second period was bad and they got outshot what 12 to 2 because they just stopped i trying. think it was it was 15 to 2 oh, it was 15, 15 to excuse two. me that was my favorite thing because my broadcast on tnt was a little bit behind so i literally tweeted out we were getting outshot 15 to 2 and berkey scored like a second after i sent that tweet out so you know, I mean, that's just the way life goes when you're watching on TV. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Kings made it somewhat competitive in that second period. It, it, got, it, got, it got to a point where I was like, okay, maybe try a little. Yeah, like, and sure enough, they were like, okay, we're done. Okay, here. okay, fine, fine, fine. You know, it's whatever. I guess we'll try a little bit, immediately score two more goals and yeah. put the game away without even trying. My favorite stat from this game after Kale McCarr makes it, six to two is the avalanche have had five power plays against the Kings all season. They scored on all five of them. The Kings did not kill a single penalty against the abs in three games. And that's a top five power power uh, play unit. They were top five going into this game. Like th- that's, that's ridiculous. I may have totally just butchered that stat. I don't think I'm right there. Cause now I'm thinking about it. The abs are fifth in power play. I think the PK for the Kings was like 27th. So scratch that. Like Griffin just said, it's late at night. Give me a break. Um, but yeah, they did not kill a single penalty the Kings did against the abs. Not a single one. I'm again, I'm really trying to look for things to say about this team. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can we can talk about in that period. Berkey had the ultimate oh fuck moment. When Bowen Byram, who had a fantastic game himself with three points, I mean, quietly, three points for Bo Byram, uh, he spots McKinnon bursting into the zone, and McKinnon sets up Berkey for a wide-open net, and Berkey just shanks the hell out of it. Just and completely I, missed. Completely missed. And I texted you, I just said, Berkey, and you said, I know, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's all he said. And then sure enough, like two minutes later, he, he slaps one past. Well, that was, he missed another one before that too, like right oh, off yeah. the draw after the Kings made it four to two. And finally, 
he gets one to go because it was just that kind of night. Things weren't going to stay bad for long and completely puts away any doubt in this game because it was, like I said, little dicey for a second there halfway through the second period after they made it four to two. It was like, okay, well, you also have to put into consideration four to nothing going into the second period. We are at that point 11 points up on the Flames for the Western Conference as a whole. You have a game tomorrow against the Devils, or today by the time you're listening to this, or I guess today for me, literally, against the Devils. You know, I can't really be any bit concerned that you're like, well, maybe we just don't need to try anymore. Yeah, you, you, you like we just talked about what do they have to play for, man? You're up four nothing. You're beating the shit out of this team and the Kings come out. I'll give them credit. They, they came out. I thought they were just going to roll over and they didn't. And then the apps just turned it right back on and said, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't, you don't even belong on the same ice as us. I mean, the fact that the Kings are still in a playoff spot right now, if they're, if they're our last hope for Vegas to not make the playoffs, uh, we might need to start making some other plans. Yeah, I, I still think they have they have a very easy schedule. I'm not going to take too much from this game playing the second half of back-to-back. I think they kind of scouted this one as a loss. Like, I think their game against Chicago two nights ago, by the time you're listening to this, was a game that they had to win, and they won. And then this one, if you were maybe to get lucky and get a point out of it, I think they would have been happy. Um, I don't think anyone on their side would have predicted a 9-3 to three loss, but – I still don't think they were coming in here thinking they could win. No. I mean, I, they were never going to win this game. They knew that, but nine to three. I mean, again, little mean on our part. I've, I felt bad at multiple points in this game. Like the king, the Kings were trying. You could tell they were trying. They, they just do not have an answer for this team. Like several other teams in the NHL when the Avs, are going off what are you even going to do about it like there's nothing you can do there's absolutely nothing you can do and the scariest part and the most exciting part as an Avs fan we're adding two 30 goal scorers back into the lineup here before the end of the year like Nazem Kadri and Gabriel Landeskog are going to come into this team and feel like trade deadline acquisitions at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, and it is. Imagine adding your th- captain, who is currently at thirty goals, back into the lineup. You know, in case you need a little momentum. Yeah. What are we and talking that, about here? Like, what you, is going on? Did you hear on the TNT broadcast that they were saying we're worried about cohesion with this team, about people playing together, and it's like, bro. Landeskog and Kadri have played with this team for the past two years. Like, they're yeah. Gonna fit uh, when did right when was in. Gabe Landeskog drafted again? Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll be fine. I, I know that you have to. They're just trying to talk stuff because they have to figure out what to say in the intermissions. I mean, they can't. I mean, they can't them. just be us, where they yeah. can just be like, yeah, well, the abs are too good to the point where we can't really say too much. They they really got to dig. For yeah. each little thing to say negative about the abs. And they, they really do try sometimes. They you got to give them credit. They really do try their best to find negative things to say about the abs. I can't stand these national broadcasts. They're terrible. Just get ready for the playoffs, man. It's only going to get worse. Oh, yeah. And just, I don't have the luxury of having altitude in the first round. Oh, that's because right. ES, because ESPN Plus, not a thing in the playoffs. 
It's all national games for me. So the Ooh. second game 82 ends, this is what I get for I'm the, sorry, for the next two months. I'm sorry, man. That's brutal. So I am going to be investing heavily in altitude radio for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the broadcast. I, I, I think TNT is better than ESPN. I think we can agree on that, though. Yeah. I really don't see a difference. Yeah, I think TNT is a little bit better. I like Brandon Burke a lot. If he calls a lot of the Avs games in the playoffs, I'm cool with that. I like Brandon Burke, but it's just I miss Doc. Yeah, I it's mean, not the Doc. it's not the same without Doc, and it's never going to be the same without Doc. There's just no one that even comes close to him. Yeah, no Burke. one. But it, it's Brandon Burke's good. I like Kenny Albert. I hope Steve Levy does a lot of the ESPN games because I like him a lot for ESPN more than I like. I hope, I hope John Forsland does some i don't know i don't know if he has a contract with tnt or espn but i hope he does a couple he's done some tnt games he so has? maybe he'll do some yeah i like john forsland a lot too. oh you're right no he totally has so good yeah, he i hope he does game. some too yeah but um I, I guess we should talk about the elephant in the room in this king's game um we talked about it a little bit with Raj. uh kale mccarr is really fucking good at hockey I know that's some real deep diving analysis there. Um, but the guy had four points tonight, Griffin. Um, his 26th goal of the year? 27th? I don't know. Griffin's looking it up. Um, and added three assists on top of it. Um, Raj talked that he needed to have a four or five point night. Uh, and he did. And he and did. He's only, what, six points behind Yossi now? He is six points behind Roman Yossi, having played three less games and the narrative that Roman Yossi is the better defenseman because well, he's going to get a hundred points is standing on wobbly legs right now. And I'm so happy to see it because I'm not dropping this. I'm not letting this go until we all collectively gain some fucking common sense here and actually look at this race beyond the points race because Raj is totally right. If Roman Yossi hits a hundred points and Kale McCarr gets 29 goals and like less than hundred points. Doesn't even matter how much he gets. Josie's just going to win the Norris because that's all they're going to look at. It doesn't matter that Kale McCarr has more goals is not that far behind him in points and in less games played and leads every other significant metric for defense and offense. Both. If he hit, if you almost, if Josie hits hundred points, He's just going to win it outright. I know it's dumb because the biggest narrative is Yossi's doing it with a weaker cast. And it's like, that is such bullshit. There, why, bullshit why are we punishing so many reasons? Why that are we punishing? So, yeah, yeah. Why are we punishing ahead. Kale McCarr for the players that he plays with? That's not his fault. Man. Why are we punishing Kale McCarr for having a competent general manager? Yeah. Who found I mean, him a perfect partner. Why is that against Kale for having Devon Taze? And why is it against uh, – you can make the argument that Yossi's usually out there with Forsberg, Duchesne, and Johansson. Duchesne has 33 goals, I think. Forsberg has, like, 36. Like, it's really it, – it's not that big of a draw. I, I know in all actuality that McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog are significantly better than those three. It's like it's but, not like he's playing on the Senators. No. He's got a team. Yeah, a playoff team. <laughs> like, it's – it's just asinine in my opinion that it's 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 come down to this because 
I mean, Kale McCarr, if you watch, and we've watched all of Kale McCarr play this year, he, he's significantly the best defenseman on a team with a ton of really good defensemen. Yeah, and again, just back to that narrative of, well, Yossi's on a worse team, so therefore, this is a word-for-word word quote from Craig Button. Maybe not word-for-word, word, but at least I can paraphrase it close. It's that Roman Yossi is the most valuable defenseman, therefore he is the best. I, do, I don't understand the leap of logic behind that. And again, fundamental misunderstanding of what the Norris is, because that's not what the award is. The award is that it goes to the best defenseman. The heart is for the most valuable player. Those are two completely separate categories, two completely different determinations of the award. And I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So here, here's the actual quote from Craig Button. Roman Yossi is in my heart trophy conversation. I think he's one of the most valuable players in the National Hockey League. So that means he's the best defenseman. No, Craig, it doesn't. No. That's not what that means at all, actually. You just used a completely different definition to draw a conclusion for a completely different award. Kale McCarr and I, Griffin Youngs, of complete sound mind and body, say Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL. It's also okay to say that Roman Yossi is more valuable and go, should go higher on a heart ballot. Both of those things can be true. It, this whole argument is so frustrating because it, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the Norris completely. It's a fundamental misunderstanding. And remember last year how uh, McCarr was docked because he didn't play enough on the PK and that's why Fox won it. He's, he's a number one pair defenseman on the PK now. Like, it was it it shouldn't even be he is an all-around defenseman. He is the best defenseman on planet Earth right now. And he's gonna get robbed again for a second straight year, more than likely. And like Raj was saying, we'll look back on this in 10 years and wonder how the fuck did Kill McCarr not win like nine Norris trophies? Yeah, Kel, like like how did Kill McCarr not win seven straight Norris? Oh, because they had to give Adam Fox one because Kale McCarr missed 15 games. And, well, Roman Yossi had a ton of points, so they had to give one to him, too. I think if, if Kale McCarr hits 100 points, which is not out of the question because he's only nine points away now, you have no excuse not to give it to him because now Roman Yossi is not the only guy to do that. You have to give it to Kale. And if he gets 30 goals, too? It's not a debate. No, it's not even, a debate. Even, even in the most asinine, lazy metrics that they use, it's not a debate there either. Yeah, it's not a debate, and we are extremely biased. Yes. And correct. Are. I'll we say that we're biased, biased, but we're also right because the only argument I have seen for Roman Yossi is he has more points and he's more valuable to his team. Those are not what you use to determine the Norris. And I think what we're forgetting here, and thank God it isn't a media voted award and it's the GMs. Maybe the GMs have some common sense, maybe. Um, but it's, I'm preparing myself to be big mad about it when that trophy's announced. And if Kale McCarr wins a Conn Smythe in a Stanley Cup, I could give two fucks. But at this very moment, if he does not win the Norris Trophy, I am going to be very upset. And here's another thing, Griffin. Kale McCarr is like plus 47 after this game. Like the only player in front of him is Devon Taves. So uh, good things happen when those two are on the ice. So it, I think Yossi's only like plus 22. Like it, it's, it's not a debate. The only thing 
that Roman Yossi has over Kale McCarr is assists. That's it. That's it. Everything else McCarr is dominating him in. And it's, we're going to, we're going to lose it. I'm just, I'm accepting it, but I wanted to do one last Kale McCarr rant before the end of the year. I'm sure it won't be the last. It definitely right will now, not. I mean, would it, would it really be an NHL award ceremony if multiple abs were not robbed of awards? How many times over the years have we had this conversation? Not like about McKinnon twice for the heart, about McCarr last year, about McCarr this year. I mean, it's just going to be year over year. So like what Raj said, there's all these Hall of Famers on this team. And when we look back on their careers, we're going to be like, how did they not win these awards several times? Yeah. And I, I got to find the tweet as we pivot a little bit here. Nathan McKinnon has missed like 16 games. He still has 81 points. Can you imagine how high he would be right now if he didn't miss those 16 games? And this is after a slow start scoring, which I will go to my grave saying that back in December, I called he was going to get 30. And I, I think unless hell freezes over, he should get one more in these last nine games. He'll, he'll get one more. He's currently yeah. has 29 goals, 53 assists, 82 points. If he played every game and had 82 points, he'd be a point per game player. He's done it in 57 games points per game wise. He is only a step behind Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews with 1.44 points per game. He's ahead of Huberdeau, ahead of Marner, ahead of Dreisaitl, ahead of Goudreau, ahead of Kaprizov, ahead of everybody, but literally the two most prolific scorers in the NHL. Yeah. But he, he could possibly have hit 50 goals this year if he stayed healthy. He might do it next year too. Yeah. Like, and he's, he's just been so, would you say he's been underrated this year for the abs? Yes, absolutely. We're talking like, we're talking about McDavid and Matthews for the heart and everything. I feel like everyone's kind of forgotten about Nathan McKinnon currently on a 118 point pace. And I actually, I don't think what I'm looking at right now has updated. Actually, no, no, it has, it has updated. So this is the current up to date. Nathan McKinnon, 118 point pace right now. Yeah. Like, and I don't even say underrated throughout the league. I think underrated on this team this year. Yeah. There's, there's so many good players on the team that everyone's just like, Oh, well, of course. Right. Yeah. Like he's, he's been really fucking good and it's going by the wayside because Nazem Kadri's having a career year. Kale McCarr, like we just mentioned, Miko Rantanen, even though he was kind of a no-show tonight, which I think we should just expect. Like we'll see him play a good game against Carolina, but I don't expect big things from him tomorrow against no. New Jersey, and that's fine. Like we've seen, he can flip the switch. I'm not super worried about it. Um, and I mean, fucking who else on the Abs is doing? I mean, Valerie Nichushkin has 21 goals. Berkey with 21 goals. Like Nathan McKinnon's kind of been quietly an assassin this year, and he's only gets better in the playoffs and that's what stats have proved to us. He's one of the highest points per game players in the playoffs. So he's going to do this in the playoffs. I mean, it's what, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Like, He's so good. And I feel like we have not talked about him enough this year. No, I mean, just, I guess as a fan base, we've come to expect this from McKinnon. And when you have so many other guys to talk about, there are times he just gets lost in the shuffle and puts up a quiet three-point night or 10 shots on goal night. Christian, like, it's why I texted you during the first period. Like, what the hell, man? Like, we should not be able to keep doing this 
time after time again. McKinnon, five points in a hat trick. Kale McCarr, four points. Like, this is ridiculous. It, it is. It's just, it's ridiculous. You just said it. Like, we should not be able to do this. We are doing this. And if the Avs, I don't think this is a bold take. This is bold. I, I want you to prepare yourself for this. I don't know if any team in the past 10 years could have beaten the Avs the way they played tonight. That's, that's why I said a couple episodes ago. I think this current Avs team, the 2021-22 Avs, is one of the best teams we've seen since 2010. And if they're not, they're at least very, very close to the, the lockout shortened Blackhawks and the the lightning team that got swept. Like, that that Blackhawks team in that lockout shortened season was fucking sick. Like, yeah, and we, we beat hate them. the Blackhawks. We hate the Chicago uh, team, but yeah, they were fucking sick that year. Well, we well and... we beat them back then when we were like that. So. <laughs> That's right. Barley would have like fifty five saves, <laughs> and we beat them. Yeah, I remember those games. But they wouldn't uh, have a chance against us now. No, like this team is so fucking good, dude. And I keep I hate that I keep echoing this. They're only going to get better. If you keep saying it because it doesn't get less true. No, it doesn't. They're still going to get Landis back. They're still going to get Kadri back. And I feel like this matters too. They're going to get a reason to play three weeks when the playoffs start. Griffin, we're on a seven-game win streak right now. Like, what? Like, this shouldn't be happening this late. We were worried this team was going to kind of fall off because they had nothing to play. They've only gotten better, and they're playing better. Like defensively, I thought outside of that first 10 minutes of the second period, this was a great defensive game. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason it wasn't a good defensive period is because like literally what is the point of trying right now? Like e- even for a team as responsible as the abs, those thoughts creep in eventually. Like we are literally so head and shoulders above the competition. It is a good business decision to maybe conserve some energy for tomorrow. Yeah, it is. And they did. And I really like, I really liked the defensive play Paris tonight. I like Gerard and Manson. It's just like we predicted Manson's Eric Johnson from three years ago. Gerard's puck moving skills continue to be great. Byram and Johnson, I, I think whichever one, I, I think his style fits more with EJ than Jack. I agree. I, uh, we've, we've talked at length about the Jack Johnson versus Eric Johnson debate. I, I like having Eric Johnson in the lineup more. Honestly, I agree. And he offers it, he offers that potential. It's like what exactly what Raj says. We keep referencing the Raj interview, but if you get good Eric Johnson, it's not a question who you play. It's just this year we've seen the mediocre Eric Johnson, and, and that's what gives you some worries. And also, we can't ignore second period. Bo Byram takes a hit, and granted, I thought it was a fine hit. It's just the fact that it's on Bo Byram, who flies right in there right away and lets them know fuck you you are not touching that kid or i will kill you eric johnson he takes a penalty no one cares about it they kill it off immediately kind of flipped the tempo of the game i feel like because at that at that point it was four two right or it was yep. it five uh oh. i think it was five two at that point okay i either either way put any stamp on this game that no, you're not touching that kid. That sends a message for the whole league. I don't care if it's clean or dirty. You're going to think twice before you touch Bo Byram again. And also I do have to mention about the broadcast. Okay. It's a clean hit. Do we need to spend three minutes? I counted three minutes talking about how clean and fine it is 
when the hits on the 20 year old, who's just suffered through a litany of concussion issues for the last six months, like, come on guys, a little, little distasteful. My favorite part was saying he had issues and it's like, nah, bro, his hand, his bread, his bread, his head just got beaten in three times in the past year. Like, come on. Like he, he doesn't have issues. He can't control that. And like, and like, it's rule, like, health issues for like him. do we need to bring a rules analyst in there as well? Like we, like we get it. Okay. But it like, was a clean you, hit. You, it was a clean you, hit. I just didn't understand the going out of your way to be like, no, it's clean. It's so clean. No, look at this again. It's so clean. Here's a rules analyst to tell you how clean it is. Like I've never, I've never really seen anything like that. And it just felt like very strange timing when the hits on Byram of all people in the league, just, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like yeah, it. I agree. It, it wasn't the best, but thankfully it doesn't look like he hit his head at all on that play. And it, it all seemed good, but uh, yeah, I mean, Darren Pang's okay. I mean, he, he, he's not great. My favorite thing was they were shocked when the, the crowd was singing uh, uh, Blink-182. Yeah. It's almost uh, like people don't watch the apps. Yeah. It's like, bro, they do this every game dude. we do this all the time i mean <laughs> yeah. way to really out yourselves this is this is why roman yossi is currently the front runner for the norse yeah. because you guys don't fucking watch the games the avs are, are a west coast team even though we don't always start at 10 eastern time we're if we're starting at seven in colorado it's nine on the east coast you really don't have an ex what i don't understand what is your excuse to not watch avs games this season I don't know. I, I don't, I don't understand just the fundamental misunderstanding of what this team is from so many national media guys, yet everyone's all over the Panthers. We're ahead of them. I, I don't get it. Well, and did you see that stat that Drew tweeted out that like pre, uh, the Panthers would be like seventh in the league if it was just regulation wins? They were, they were seventh in regulation wins. They would yeah. be tied for second with in points. That's what Drew tweeted out, but they yeah. won a ton of overtime games. Yep this season in three on three, which does not exist in the playoffs. The avalanche lead in wins, regulation wins and regulation overtime wins in case you were worried. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'd say. So, yeah, I mean, the Panthers are, I think are just because they play such an exciting brand where they go down by like four or five goals and they come back and win. I think that's probably the only reason why people love watching the Panthers because they're just never out of a game and every game seems to be a one goal game and the abs just, beat the shit out of everyone it seems like so maybe that's why but uh i mean what else like we've said what else can you say about yeah, this game i mean it was a shit pumping it, this was like we talked about the kings might get destroyed in this game this was worse than i thought yeah way worse definitely definitely way worse um but i got nothing else on that game man should, should we should I'm, we I'm, should like, preview yeah, the, we can talk about. We have the Devils game tomorrow. Maybe we just spend all this time talking about how great the apps are. We'll probably get humbled by this time tomorrow with like. Oh, we're a, gonna uh, lose like four one. Yeah, it's like it. This has like three one loss written like all over. We've already lost to the Devils this season, yeah. and so I'm totally expecting just because that's how hockey works that we're gonna have this whole episode like the abs are so good and fuck you if you think anything negative about them and then they're just gonna like lose the Devils tomorrow. So <laughs> I. I, honestly, I keep forgetting that game is happening tomorrow, which I think is a pretty yep. bad omen. But uh, regardless, that's not the only game we have coming. Like, what do we really even need to say about us playing the Devils? Uh, don't there be surprised is, if we lose. Yeah, don't be surprised if we lose. Also, we might score 15. Like, yeah. it, 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 it could go either way. Tune in to see which Jekyll or Hyde shows up. Like, yeah. 
there's no implications for this game. None. Zero. Zero. So focus your attention on. Let's do the big one. Yeah. Focus your attention on the weekend when the Carolina Hurricanes come to town on Saturday in a rematch of the Hurricanes 2 nothing win from about like over a month ago. I'd say so. Point. And less President's Trophy implications than maybe I thought a month ago now that Carolina started to pull away with the East or not Carolina, Florida started to pull away with the Eastern Conference, but still a exciting measuring stick game for sure. Carolina's they played well against the Rangers in the third period. The other nights, and they're still trying. They're still trying to hold off the Rangers, who have really made a push for first in the Metro. So they've still got a lot to play for too. So this isn't just going to be two great teams taking it easy on each other. No, it's not going to be. I expect it to be very similar to the game in Carolina, which, if a bounce goes the Avs' way, they win that game. Um, I think the Avs are going to come out pretty pissed off, especially considering the fact they lost, and they don't usually do well when they lose to a team uh, or handle that very well. I think they're going to come out flying, but the Hurricanes are a really good team. And I wouldn't, as long as the game's close and like you said, the process is there, I won't like a loss at this point really doesn't mean jack shit. Um, We could have lost the last five games and would have meant nothing. Yeah. It doesn't really mean jack shit in the long run, but I still, I would like to see them perform or continue to perform against these playoff caliber teams. Um, And I think they win. I, I think it's a close one. I, I got the abs winning probably three, two, maybe an overtime win just because when you have these good of teams, it's, it's hard to gauge separation. I mean, there's no chance in hell it's a blowout either way. Like I, I really don't think so. Um, but I, I think the abs get it done on home ice. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I can't look at this game and the winning streak run right now and be like, yeah, we're probably going to lose. The hurricane, like I just can't make that mental leap in my mind. I can do it for the Devils, though. I know I'm totally being yeah. a hypocrite, but I think it's going to be a fun game. Carolina has always been a, a fun matchup for this team historically. Ever since they started making the playoffs again, probably going to be the same story here. I mean, it's probably going to be zero zero halfway through the game, just like it is against every playoff team we ever play, except for LA, I guess, who is technically a playoff team, but it's just the pattern. We go up against a good team. It's a defensive feel out for about 10 minutes Kemper and Freddie are going to make a ton of great saves early on and it's probably just going to be the same story as the first one whoever gets lucky more wins these are two teams that match up very well against each other I wouldn't say like the Hurricanes they don't have what we have but they can compete with us if that makes sense like Obviously, Sebastian Ajo is not Nathan McKinnon, and they don't have the same caliber of depth, no matter where you slice it in the lineup, but it can compete with us and give us a lot of trouble. Their systems are very strong. Their systems are very strong. Their defensemen, I, I, I think, are good. They aren't great. I mean, when your best defenseman is Jacob Slavin, I, 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 it really doesn't compare. But like you said, they're a very well-coached team. They play hard, and they have a lot more to play for than the Avs do in this game. So I expect a full tilt effort from Carolina in this game, but the Avs on home ice have only lost four times all year. Like it, it, it doesn't happen very often. So I think we're going to see a pretty strong performance from the Avs, which makes it even more reasonable to think that they're going to lose to the devils today. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this. Yeah. I mean, you say a lot, you do have to lose eventually. Are we just going to, are we just going to casually go on a nine game winning streak before the be end? Pretty ridiculous, dude. That'd be pretty ridiculous. It would be also very, very funny 
And also oh. good news potentially on uh, Nazem Kadri for next week is Bednar saying he could potentially be back in the lineup early next week. So we could potentially see him come back against Washington on Monday or maybe against Seattle on Wednesday. And for Landis Gog, he's going to be back for the playoffs. Game one of the playoffs, he's going to be there. If he's feeling it, maybe Nashville or Minnesota at the very end of the season, if that at all. I wouldn't be shocked if we start to see him on the ice late next week. Yeah. Doing some drills. That seems to be the trajectory at the moment. Probably around the time we play Edmonton, uh, not this Friday, but the next Friday, you'll probably start to see more Atlanta Skog around. When when game one starts, he's going to be on the ice, whether he's 100% or not. Yeah, you cannot keep that guy off the ice in the playoffs. And I don't think they could even try to. Um, I would love to see him get a game or two in before the playoffs, just get his feet wet a little bit, shake off a little bit of the rust. Uh, but also at the same time, he's – Gabriel Landeskog, like we're not talking about a guy who's probably like, he's still taking care of himself. I guarantee he's still working his ass off. Um, He's going to be in good shape. So I'm not super worried. I would like to see him get one or two games in the more Bednar talks about the more, I I don't think it's going to happen. I I think we'll probably see him for game one, but uh, it, it would be nice to get him a game or two in. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally that's what everyone wants. I think it's a little optimistic that we see him at all in the regular season. It, it depends how he's feeling. But game one of the playoffs roll around, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, the first Monday or Tuesday in May, there's nothing that is going to keep that psychopath off the ice for the nope. playoffs. No chance. You're going to have to restrain him, like, fit, like <laughs> Hannibal Lecter style. You're going to have to tie him to a table in order to keep him off the ice for the playoffs. So... I'm not concerned about it. Whatever Gabe knows himself, he knows what's best for his body and what's ultimately going to benefit the team long run, long term for a cup run. It's late. I'm sorry. It's late. It's, it's late. late. It, he, he knows what's going to benefit the team long term in a cup run. I trust their judgment here. And I'm not bothered either way because apparently we don't really need him at the moment. Because crazy to just, say, dude. I don't. I, I said it last episode. Edmonton needs points so badly. LA needs points so badly. Like Pittsburgh needs points so badly. Winnipeg, they needed to beat us to stay in the race. Does not matter how desperate these other teams are and just how far away from the pack we are from everybody else. They just keep winning. Yeah. And again, maybe for the 50th time this episode, let me reiterate, they're going to get healthier. And in the playoffs, they're going to have a reason to play. Yeah, they're going to have a reason to play. My favorite stat they said on the broadcast late in the third period, the Avs have gotten points in 43 of their past 47 games. There's been four games that the Avs have not gotten a point. That's fucking ludicrous, dude. <laughs> it, it seems that way. And I always text you saying they have to lose eventually. Apparently, they don't, man. Yeah, apparently, like, they just don't they ever. Don't. I mean, like, let's look at those games where they didn't get a point. Like, I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. There was Vancouver, yep. where it was 0-0 late, and we let in three quick goals. Was that Frank? Carolina. Yeah, Carolina was, that- was another one. Yeah, Carolina. Crazy bounce for the Ethan yep. Bear goal that ended yeah. up being the winner. And Auntie Ronta, game of a lifetime. Arizona. Jake Ottinger, that brought brings up another one. The Stars, where we lost at home. Where Jake Arizona, though, was, am I am I remember Arizona? Those are the yeah. four right there. We just did it. Look at us, man. Let's go. 
Oh, Our brains still work late at night. Oh, we're so good at this. Boston. 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 So, yeah. So it's five. Okay. Yeah, so five. I mean, yeah. That's <laughs> pretty good, man. Like and we can the, name and, them. We can put them on one hand. Yeah. And then before <laughs> that, it was in December, the COVID game against Nashville. Yep. So since then, again, think about how long ago that was and how many games have been compressed into these last couple months. Five regulation losses. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. We can name them off the top of our head, man. <laughs> yeah, because there's not that many. Like, we just yeah. know them. There's not that many. Do you think we could name all 14 losses that we have? We can certainly try. We don't, if we can start. Let me see. I'm not looking at it. I want to make sure it's 14. All right. yeah, I, 14. I, can def- I can do the early part of the season because I remember yep. our rants about it. So the early part of the season, St. Louis, Washington, Florida, three in a row. Yep. Vegas on home ice. Yep. Two straight to Columbus. Two straight to Columbus. All right. Now I'm getting my months right here. Right now uh, we're in right now we're in November. We're in November. They went on a crazy tear in November. Nathan McKinnon's uh, hurt, not playing. Yep. Nathan McKinnon's hurt. There was one loss in there. Fuck. 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 Dallas. Was it the Dallas one? Yeah, Dallas on the road. Yeah. I remember that one. And I, th- uh, I think that's it for November. Yeah, because they went on a crazy tear in November. Then December, you've got the Nashville game, which was the COVID. You got Nashville twice in December, right? Or was that second loss? You're, you're, for, you're forgetting a pretty big loss in there, early December. That was in Arizona, was Toronto. it? Toronto. I had to race that game. I forgot about that one. Toronto. Then you have the two losses to Nashville. Was one one in if I'm doing one in December to Nashville. There's one I'm missing. Oh, I know what it is because I didn't watch this game. Ottawa. That's right. That's right. And that was a bad call. Okay, so we got Ottawa. We got the Nashville one. Yeah. Then then you have the December COVID game against Nashville, and that's it for December, isn't it? Yep. So then then didn't we just kind of name everything else except for the the OT the phantom too many men against nashville yeah and then you got the loss to arizona twice once in a shootout and uh, then we just named all the other ones yeah look at us go man look at us go little little brain teaser there if you could name all 14 or 18 losses before us dm us let us know i i don't know what we'll give you yeah please, we'll please brag about beating me at 1 a.m yeah yeah impressive i'll um, be asleep yeah I, I guess before we wrap up, we got one other big thing that this kind of came out of left field. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know much about it, but the more I've read about it, it's kind of crazy. It happened. The abs signed the number one undrafted free agent on the market, Ben Myers, captain for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, born in Minnesota, played college hockey in Minnesota, decided not to go to the wild. Decided <laughs> not only to come to the wild, to come to Colorado. Their rival, their My biggest boy, rival. You have made a fantastic choice. Yes. Welcome to a real state of hockey where yes. we win championships here. You know, those little shiny trophies they give out to winners. We get those every once in a while. Yeah. So please come here. And like you said, I saw Ben Myers was a free agent. I barely gave it a thought because I yep. didn't even fathom that he would come here. This guy, I mean, a lot of college signings generally don't work out like you think. Sometimes you get a Tyler Bozak. Sometimes you get uh, a Jimmy, Jimmy BC who's good yep. for a little while. A lot of times you just get a guy who's 
going to be a career AHL guy. Maybe there's a reason they weren't drafted most of the time. Right. Ben Myers has a real shot to be a pretty solid bottom six contributor for a couple years. And we have him, we can play him tomorrow or today. You can do that. You just can't play him in the playoffs. Yeah. So you might make no sense to me, but okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's after the trade deadline. So yeah, you can see Ben Myers in the lineup before the end of the season and they'll burn a year of that contract, which I think is why they signed him to two just so they can see what they have in him before. Like, Christian, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a team in Stanley Cup contention that is playing for nothing and just smoke the Kings nine to three and is also adding a, the top college free agent on the market into their lineup at the end of the season to see what they have for next year so that they can replace some of the guys they traded away at the deadline. How does Joe Sackett's brain even work this well? Like, I, I don't know, man. How many wins can you have in a day? I don't know. This all happened in 12 hours. It can't be enough. Uh, I mean, Ben Myers played for the United States Olympic team. He had two goals and four assists. He was good. He had a great Olympics. He's he's going to be, at worst, a fourth-line player, which you can never have enough fourth-line contributors, especially when this team, sadly, is going to have a lot of turnover at the end of this year because you can't keep everyone. You need to find guys like Lekkanen and Ben Myers who can come in and fill in those roles. And everything I've read about the guy is he's a hard worker. He was a captain at Minnesota, which is a very prestigious hockey school. And he was coveted by a lot of teams. And from what I saw, it was most of the league wanted him. And I, I, I would be willing to say all 32 teams at least gave him a call. Yeah. And he chose to come to the team that is going to hopefully contend for cups for many years to come. And he could be a big factor of it. Um, it, it still is just the best to me that he, he spurned Minnesota and came here He's because I don't know if you saw the tweet, like Minnesota Gophers, their hockey account tweeted it out. The amount of wild fans tears in that, in that thread was delicious. It was so good. Oh, they I better get, they better get used to it. This is, this is only part two of Colorado taking things from Minnesota Yeah, after the, you know, the national championship and now we just took your captain from your team and now we're going to beat you in the playoffs like it's, it's going to be a rough time to be a wild fan over the next couple of months i will say that for sure i know raj was talking about they're the biggest threat and i agree and that's going to make it all the better when yep. we beat them i'm yep. going to love every second of it i'm not afraid to be cocky right now if there's ever a team to be cocky about it's this one yep 100 so i will i will gladly enjoy this win our tones on Twitter could be totally different tomorrow after the devil's game. Cause who I knows will not care at yeah. all if they lose, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. But um, I've signed Ben Myers from the clouds beat the shit out of the Kings tonight. I mean, we've got less than a month until the playoffs. If every game's like this till the playoffs, I, I'll take it. Like I, I'd love it. Yeah, we can. Why don't we just keep doing it in the playoffs yeah. too? Win every game by six. Make my life easy. Yeah, that was the least stressful game I've watched in a long time. But I got nothing else, man. It, it was a great time. We'll come back on Sunday night, record. Hopefully, two more wins. Hopefully, this Carolina game's a good game, and we'll get ready for. How are you feeling about the Caps coming to town? Well, what what are your thoughts on that? The Caps are playing some good hockey right now. They're playing some good hockey. That's gonna, I'll save it for Sunday for the whole preview, but it's going to be a fun matchup. And 
I really don't know what to think about it because the abs are so far ahead of everyone and don't need points and the caps do need points. So I will root for overtime. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll be, if the abs play like they played tonight against the caps, they could score 10. Oh yeah. On, on, if they play Ilya Samson, it really doesn't matter who they play. Samson yeah. and Banachek are not that different, yeah. but I'll, I'll save all that for Sunday. We've already Fair gone enough. way beyond what yeah. I thought we were going to do Fair for this. I thought we were going to do half an hour for this Kings game. It's all good. But we're giving some extra content going into the weekend in the morning. I got a friggin' history exam tomorrow. Who needs it? The abs are good. They're going to win a cup, whatever. Gail McCarr better win the Norris. I'm tired, Christian. So, Let's end it. Um, I'll, I'll close yeah. the show. We'll get a little weird here. I'll close the show. Um, thank you for listening to the Tell Dabs of this podcast. If you want to follow us, you can follow Griffin at G Young's NHL. You can follow me, Christian Belay at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. Uh, shout out to, uh, I'm forgetting his name, but the gentleman who won the tickets to the game tonight. Jay Seems Schultz like it, 29 or 27. I think so. There, yeah. Thank you, Griffin. That's why you're the professional on this show. Um, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all next time. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Did I nail that? Did I fucking nail you, you that? Were, you were very, 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 very close. Yes. Let's fucking go. Let's yeah. fucking go. Feels Let's end weird. this on feels, a high note. Feels weird to listen to it. So. <laughs> I've listened to it for five months now. I got it. I yeah, got it. I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience there for a second. I was like, wait, wait. I don't, I'm too tired for this. Am I, am I hallucinating or something? Uh, there we go. Let's end the show on a high note. We'll all catch right. you all on We're Sunday. done. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.